Good evening. I'm Jason Leosatis. This is Outside the Box. I've got a great returning guest on this evening. Um, one of my favourites, Ollie Damagard. Ollie, um, thanks so much for joining me this evening for a chat. It's my absolute pleasure, Jason. Always good to see you, Ollie, and always good to know you're out there doing your tremendous work. Um, Ollie has so many things. I don't know where to start, really. Truth seeker, truth speaker, obviously. Awarded the Prague uh, Peace Prize. Uh, many books, coup d'etat and slow motion, uh, remind me, a little manual there for, for people to remind themselves, uh, um, Ollie's a yoga teacher, and, and so many things, a tremendous investigative journalist, I wouldn't know what, what how to put, put a label on you really, uh, Ollie, but I will say thank you so much for, for your tremendous work and for being you, thank you so much. My absolute pleasure, I wouldn't know how to be anyone else, so <laughs> I just enjoy, enjoy my dharma here. Oh, beautiful! Enjoy your dharma. Yeah. Well, that's that's a subject we we, we I'm sure we'll dip into this evening, um, Ollie, because um, I want to talk a little bit about that. After I'll just make a note here about about people being being who they are. You know, um, I think in our system is so it's a beautiful system as well. Don't get me wrong, but the system I mean of work and bills and debt and 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 stress and strain and anxiety and that's i think it's getting worse now and I've, i know i've said this analogy many times on the show but I, it's worth saying it again is that it's like i see our system now where we are it's like an egg a ba an egg when a baby chick breaks its way out of an egg it's because the poisons build inside that egg to the point which triggers the baby chick to peck and if it doesn't it it dies inside that egg and i'm speaking to many many people ollie and i want to get your opinion on this and because you you'll be a good radar for this because you're speaking to many people all the time about how they feel and i'm i'm seeing with people now that they are they are they're, they're, they're dying inside their egg uh, because a lot of people aren't tapping into that part of themselves and really being who they are. They might say, well, who am I, you know? But most people are in jobs that they don't feel that resonate with who they are. You know, they're, 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 uh, they're, they're obviously sometimes in houses that they're, they're, they're up to debt to pay off, so you almost hate your house. Some people turn on each other, the husband and wife, because there's too much stress, the kids. It's not normal. Now, people say, oh, well, what is normal, Jason? This certainly isn't normal. And as I said earlier, it's a casino, global mental asylum, you know. It's a mental asylum, and it's, it's, it's really bad. And, and, and people are speaking and opening up to me a lot in the shop here, in my studio, in my gallery, or Ole, a lot now, and saying, I don't think I can stand it anymore. My own friend took his life for a couple of months ago now. He just couldn't stand it anymore. And, I, you know, it's, you can understand. It's like, I'm already here. I'm done. You know, tranquilizers, more booze, you know, stressed. People can't see a way forward. And I want to talk to you about this tonight. We'll cover a lot of subjects, obviously, uh, as well as this. Uh, but, you know, Ole, and... You know, it's that, it's that thing, isn't it, that something's happening in the world. I think it's that tremendous consciousness. It's almost like a, a revolution of consciousness now. It's like people are really waking up. And I think when you're waking up and seeing the truth of the, the world around you and the system that you're living in, often that could be a real, it can be a real horrible shock because it's like, oh my gosh, everything seems to be falling apart. I'm out around me. I've realized I've been in prison for so long a forced maximum security prison that it's hard to get out of, you know. I've lived on boats, I've lived in tents myself. When I met my wife, I was living in a car, in a car park, Ollie. And I, strangely enough, it was the freest I ever had been and, and the happiest I ever had been in my life. And then I put my head voluntarily back in the noose of the system. <laughs> you know, like, oh, let's see what it's like to be in prison and be enslaved again, you know. Uh, you know, and we lived on a boat for four years and we lived, we, we were in a motorhome for two years. Oh, you know, free spirit. 
but the system has a tendency to to trap you and enslave you and it's like you're just breaking these rocks every day and one thing before i finish my rant um and bring you in uh, ollie is that um i think those symptoms now are, are they're a natural symptom i've said it many times if people are feeling like that if they're feeling anxious and tense and de de depressed don't fight that feel it embrace it because that is normal that is a normal way to feel in this system and then obviously by by educating yourself of how the system works that is actually the antidote in one sense to those feelings because feelings of of, of despair are, are worse when you don't know why so I feel we're a very, very interesting crossroads, Ollie. Um, just we'll kick off with just your opinion about that, please. And and, and how would you feel about that and the people that you're speaking to, uh, Ollie? You know. Do you know there was this guru? His name is Gurudev, and uh, he made a movie. And uh, the movie started out really, really happy. Everything was so wonderful. And then the middle part of the movie was wonderful. It's so fantastic, so happy all the time. And then the end of it ended really happy. And it was just fantastic the way it ended. Happy, happy, happy. Not a single person wanted to stay the whole film because they got bored. <laughs> so, so before we start complaining, I would want to ask people what type of movies are they watching? Are they moving? Are they looking at very poetic, uh, uh, you know, nature films where everything is in harmony, or are they into thrillers? Are they into horror movies? Are they into like action movies? And if so, please watch your life again and see what's going on there. When it comes to your normal life, you will complain. Uh, when there's too much going on, if it's too too much tension and too, um, you know, the action is too much or too low. But when it comes to films and what really catch your interest, you don't complain. You say, oh, that's really, woo. I believe that it's the other way around, that we would be deadly bored if we had not traumas, if we had not uh, different difficult times to go through, because we wouldn't have uh, evolved at all. It's the same you go to the gym. Without tension, without uh, uh, any kind of a strain on the muscle, the muscle would go like yogurt. But then if you put strain on it, if you really put pain into it as well, your muscles say, yeah, I'm growing from this and uh, I love it. So I think with this time of life that we are in now, it's like a boot camp, a brutal boot camp that we have somehow chosen ourselves then the native indians they talk about that this is the time of the best times of all times where only the most advanced souls are coming down here we we've even fought according to them to get down here to be part of this incredible time of evolution but it's not a time for wusses it's not a time where i don't want to be part of it. well you bought the ticket and you're here so it's a matter of how to deal with it and I think if you go into victimhood or victim mode, you are on the totally wrong track because then you have misunderstood why you're here. This is a time to excel, to stand up in bravery, to embrace yourself and stand in truth and honor and dignity. Get all of these beautiful values back into life and make something out of it. Use your compassion, your passion, your creativity to create a better world, a beautiful world. Uh, because now we have something to compare with because 
if we don't do anything, we're going into straight hell, I can tell you that. It's going to be very dark, very cold, very brutal, very confined. The New World Order, they really want us in the dark. Or we can transcend it by waking up to what's going on and see the fog lift and just excel and uh, join with other beautiful individuals that are doing the same process. Impossible? Not Easy, not. This is a tricky one, and it takes all of our power, all of our focus to get ourselves safe through this. Just like in a computer game, uh, I mean, it's like if you're a surfer, if there are tiny little waves, you're like, oh, come on, I can't be bothered. The better you get, the bigger the waves you want. And here we're talking about massive waves coming in. So it's a matter of how to surf the waves. And uh, they come in all shapes and forms, and they're all based, or everything that is coming against you is based on fear. It is only through fear that they can control you, and they try. That's the only weapon they have against us, is fear. So the more fearless we can be, uh, teach ourselves to become through meditation or whatever makes you fearless, whatever make, gives you peace inside, if it's listening to music or hug a cat or hug a cop or whatever, Whatever works for you, this is the time to do it, to really focus on your in, inner balance because there's a lot of incoming fire. And I think this is a time that we need to stay as focused and in, as much in balance and also live by example and not try to persuade a lot of other people into you should do this, you should do that. Sort out your own crap and show that you can live with this type of knowledge on your shoulders, but in balance and with your heart as the guiding star that will lead you out of this, that will help the rest of us as well, because we all need each other to get out of this labyrinth. Wow, man. Beautifully said, uh, Ole. It's great to be speaking to you, mate. Thanks very much for coming on the show. It's always great to speak to you with your, with your, with your wise words and your comments. And, and, and let's roll on that subject, because this will be a subject I know a lot of people are going to resonate with, right? What you just said. I just made a couple of notes, you know. Um, you know, about the waves and everything. So almost it's like the system is, in one sense, is killing us and choking us, and in another sense, it's waking us up. Well, you know, it's like you said about that, you know, when someone's pushing you, it's almost like a chokehold around people's neck. And I, I, I was talking to Bruce Lipton on one of my interviews with him, and he, he was saying um, life doesn't give up easy in a Petri dish even. If you're prodding it and trying to kill you, it fights for its life, you know. So in one sense, uh, in one sense, the more we choke, the more we struggle, thankfully. And it's almost like you could almost say, thanks, you're reawakening us. It's like, I think if the system, whatever you want to call them, the elites, the control system, if they were a bit smarter, they would have, they would have given us a bit more, you know. I would if I was them. Given us a bit more, kept us going. Don't, don't wake us, you know, we, we could have stayed asleep a lot longer, you know. But almost, well, well it's an old Zalustrian proverb, I think it is, Ole. It says, evil finally becomes stupid. Yeah, <laughs> so I think the people are all, they're becoming a bit stupid now. The elite and we can see they're all squabbling amongst themselves. And but but just to stay on that topic quickly, because uh, I had a gentleman in here earlier on. You'll know, I won't say his name, but he spoke to me right here today, and he was saying how you know the system is it's very well designed. I've tried to get out of it. So many people are trying to get out of it. Um, it's brilliantly done. He said, in fact, they're geniuses, um, and it's 
quite difficult to get out of it. You know, you can get a house, you can pay for the house even, you've still got bills coming in. I want to say this to people. I was on my way back from a supermarket the other night. I paid £200 for my um, shopping and everything and, you know, coming back, paying bills, paying for water bills in my house. Water bills? Oh, wakey, wakey, everybody. I'm paying for water? So, you know, Ollie, people say to me, I'm looking for Utopia. But I came home and it struck me, Ollie. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I thought, my God, I'm paying for my mother's milk. This is my planet. Mm. I was born on this planet. I shouldn't pay for a house. I shouldn't pay for basics of food and water. People say, Jason, you, you, would, you mustn't pay for a house. We've become so conditioned and programmed, Ollie. It's very worrying that we, we believe that we're free in this system. And it's, 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 it's like you said, it's a boot camp. I, you know, I feel like someone, a middleman has pushed me off the teat of my mother's milk, food, shelter, and put themselves in the middle. So I've got to go through them now, you know. You know, it's 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 unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Now back to fear. You mentioned fear. Fear is very paralytic to consciousness and development, a blossoming of a human being. And the ba the system's based on fear. You know, um, um, Ollie. And I just I want to resonate with you with this. We can talk about this a bit more. You know, take Julian Assange for instance. Now. He pushed the boat, you know, he, he thought, I've got to show this. Chelsea Manning gave him those things of the helicopter killing all those guys and them all laughing and the Reuters uh, film in there. He could have easily, you know, it's like me. I say, well, I'm not going to speak to Ollie tonight, you know. Um, I'm like, you know, just us speaking like this, I could get swatted off YouTube. Then what? Okay, so do we tone the conversation down a little bit? This is like you were saying about being a warrior. Or you mentioned, you've got to be yourself in your fullness. It seems to be the system is clamping down on free speech now and is almost preventing people to fully be who they are because they're scared of, of criticism from their family, they're scared of being homeless, they're blah, 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 blah. How, how do we resonate a bit with that, Ole, just before we go on to something else, you know, about, about that, about people really stepping into their own shoes and not being frightened, but in another sense, you, you know what I'm trying to get at, don't you? I think people might want to really hear about this a bit more because I think everyone feels like this. And one more thing before I go, and I said this to someone the other day, Ollie, you know, I know I'm ranting, but you know what? People will say, give Ollie a chance, shut up, you know? Well, this is it's a conversation, not, not, not a one-sided show here. So I said the other day, I made a joke, but I said most of the people only get real relief and forget about all their worries and their troubles generally when they're having sex. Honestly, I, I thought about it the other day. I thought, it's probably about the only time people completely forget about it, anything. Sorry, Ollie, go on. There are about five questions in that whole thing, so <laughs> I'll ask, answer them one at a time. Uh, I would say, why are they speeding up this whole censorship? Why are they showing their ugly face now? Why are they pushing so hard to shut us down? If they were not the ones under a lot of strain, under a lot of stress, when you look at it from a higher point of view, they, the so-called elite, I mean, they're so few, really, when you look at it. They're maybe um, the real top of the pyramid, very few, then a bit down, maybe a few thousand, eight thousand, I've heard that number. But in key positions, we are billions, Jason, we're billions. And somebody made the comparison, it's like if you're on a, in a beach, on a beach, you know, near the sea, they are like one grain of sand and we're the whole beach. So the whole thing is just a massive joke when you look at it. That we're even in this situation is a massive joke and shame on us that we've been this brain dead to allow this to happen. Bravo. So who, who is under a lot of stress? We or them? Uh, 
Are we the ones that are under a lot of stress? Are we the ones trying to shut them down or are they doing it? If they were that powerful that they give the appearance of being, they would laugh at us. They would just pick their nose and get on with whatever their agenda is. But here they're trying very brutally to shut us down. The censorship is just going off the roof. Uh, you know, YouTube is shutting down everything I do about my, uh, especially about false flag operations. That is, it just goes straight down into the bin as soon as they, it goes live. Um, Google is hitting hard. Uh, you got uh, Twitter. I've got uh, fake accounts in my name that are trying to discredit me. Facebook is shutting me down on a regular basis. So what is going on? they are getting worried. They are the ones getting worried, I would say. They are the ones that have a reason to get worried because when we, the masses, stop doing what they tell us to, they are in big trouble. And then the way they see it, it's lynching times if uh, nothing good happens. And I am so not uh, for lynching. I would say it's if we do that, just look at revolutions, it just revolution listen to the word it repeats itself and then we become even worse than they were a few years down the line so we need to do it in a totally different way so i would say who are afraid they are the ones that have the most reason to be afraid even though they look so powerful even though they look so just because they got bodyguards and a beautiful car and uh, a flag behind them uh, and some kind of positions like prime minister or whatever. That doesn't give them personal power whatsoever. Most of the people who are up there in this so-called elite are corrupt. Otherwise, they wouldn't be up there. And the skills they have is manipulation, backstabbing. They can, they can lie to us. They can do whatever. But there's no real skill. There's no real intelligence. There's no real... All of these great values that we have, they don't because most of them are psychopaths. And they don't have the ability to feel compassion or empathy and so on. So really, we cannot blame them for doing what they are doing. We can just blame ourselves for how the hell did we allow these people to get in these positions. And the only reason is because we were brain dead and so filled up with ourselves, so uh, occupied with our personal life and, and so on. So that was one. Assange, I can only say I do not trust him 1% one single percent him snowden alex jones these in my world is absolute 100 percent controlled opposition very dangerous wikileaks when you look upon the whole setup of wikileaks uh, the people on the on the uh, uh, what do you call it in the board meetings the whole setup the financing of the whole thing you will see it's u.s intelligence the whole shebang around wikileaks is a setup there to control opposition and the way they do it is standard they let out some kind of bomb or some person that would be incredible of exposing 100 percent truth incredible explosive truth that will make thousands of people gather around and say oh my god this guy now finally then after a year or so when more and more maybe hundreds and of thousands of people are gathering and following these people they start getting 90 percent of the truth and 10 percent propaganda then it's 80 percent 20 then it's 70 30 then it's 60 40 and then by the time the millions are following them you have no idea how this information some of it very very correct but that's by design and then what is propaganda what is not what, what is lies what are not and uh, 
you can see the whole setup with Snowden, with, uh, with uh, Assange, WikiLeaks. I mean, Branning as well, Manning that I totally believe for a while there. When you look at how many whistleblowers, how many real incredible uh, brave people that have stepped forward saying explosive things that could really help humanity. How much airtime do they get on mainstream media? It is zero, 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 and zero. You got Cody Snodgrass, not one mainstream media have tried to contact him. No one I know have been on Main Street, no one, myself included. And one time I, I spent uh, a great part of my life trying to solve the Ola Palma assassination, the, Swedish, the assassination of the Swedish Prime Minister, which has connections into so much global stuff, including um, international illegal arms dealing, the pedophile network, the Iran contrast into George Bush. People that were part of the Dili uh, Plaza execution of JFK were on location in Stockholm 23 years later and so on. So this is not just a tiny little case. It is very, very important globally to expose what went down there. I, I, I made this book. It's called Coup d'etat slow motion. It's almost a thousand pages in extreme detail about the whole setup, who was part of it, how it was carried out, one, what was one, the background. One, one second, Ollie. I'm just going to flash it on the screen. Wait a sec. There it is, Kurdistan, slow motion. Okay, Ali, sorry, yep. And so I tried for many years to get it published. I could not. And then uh, it was almost hijacked by somebody I later found out was CAA. So it was extremely close that uh, they took over the control of that book. And then in the end, I published it myself. Anyway, that is like 15 years of deep research, great, great detail of what actually went down in Stockholm that night. So I, it's also a trauma in Scandinavia, especially in Sweden. It's a massive trauma, that and the sinking of MS Estonia that killed almost a thousand people, which is also in the book, connected. These two cases are connected. They're national traumas. So I sent out 1,100 emails to media contacts in Denmark and Sweden saying, I am here. This, I'll send you the book for free as an ebook. I'll, I will do everything I can to assist you. Any questions you have, please contact me. Let's solve and heal this trauma once and for all. So, Jason, how many hundreds of answers do you think I, I received from this? Zilch, zero. <laughs> no, actually two. Oh, and, wow. it, and it ended up with a five-minute interview uh, on Danish radio. So, the question is, what, what is going on here? Because I used to be a journalist, and if somebody had sent me something like that with an, the, the, the healing recipe of a national trauma, also something that could sell thousands of newspapers and stuff, that which would make it a good deal for whatever newspaper. What, so what is going on? Why is this whole silence going on? And this is, I remember... Um, when you look at all of these top political assassinations, very often, if not always, there are like two conspiracies going on at the same time. One, the conspiracy of the crime, and then a secondary uh, conspiracy of silence that just shuts the whole thing down. You, nothing, no one is commenting, nobody is saying anything, nobody is publishing anything, nobody is backing you. It's just the official story or silence. And 
so what's going on? And this is once again how the people that are in a powerful position, like editors, chief editors, and so on, and when it comes to media, or in so many other positions, they do not know the details, but they know the power behind them. And they also know that if I stick out my, you know, stick my head up too high, I will be the next one to go. So this is the silence we're, we're looking at. Then you asked about fear. Um, I would say that fear is something you cannot touch. Uh, it's something you cannot give anyone. It's, it's not a noun. It's not, it doesn't really exist. The only place fear exists is in your mind. And fear is only connected to the future. It has nothing to do with, uh, with anything else. It's always connected to something that might happen. So it's not even real there. It's in your mind and not real. So this, if this is the tool or the weapon they have against us, I would say pretty easy thing to solve if you do the work. Because there are so many ways of meditation or calming down your mind or whatever. I've written this book called Remind Me, which is how to control your mind in difficult situations. And especially Raja Yoga, you mentioned I was a yoga teacher. I'm absolutely not one uh, Hatha Yoga, which is the body, but Raja Yoga, which is the science of the mind. It's the king of yoga. And it's a 5,000-year-old philosophy, almost like a manual on how the mind works and how to deal with it in different situations. And one of the things they say in Raja Yoga is that the mind, if you do not control it or have any sort of balance in it, it's like a a drunken monkey stung by bees, uh, high on acid, and what else? Well, you hear, I mean, the mind is capable of doing whatever. So you need just to, like, if you jump on a wild horse, you need to be able to pull the reins and control it, learn how to control it so that it does not control you. And so this is the way out, I would say. As soon as you're afraid, ask yourself, if you have seen anything or read anything, Ask yourself, who benefits from me believing this thing that is now scaring me? And question number two, did it happen? Just because it's on the black screen in front of you, these smart TVs that should be named evil, anything smart device should, I think, be named evil. Instead, that would be a more correct uh, description of it. What comes out of that, you have to ask yourself, if, for instance, uh, Al Capone in the Chicago mob had his own TV channel. Would you trust it, even though it was programmed for your children and it seemed like it was a nice thing, if you knew that he was behind it, or Ted Bundy or serial killer, whatever, would you trust it? Now you look at the ownership and the power structure, the business, uh, the whole thing behind the scenes, all mainstream media, and you will find the exact same type of psychopath and companies' structures behind it that are doing extremely evil things in the world. And yet, we sit and applaud it because, oh, it's X Factor and it comes in really beautiful packages, you know, of glamour and glamour and silver and shiny stuff. And we're like, oh, it's so nice, isn't it? No, it's not. And it's not that I'm against sitting and watching TV, absolutely not, even though I haven't had a TV for, I don't know, 14 years now. But I, what I do is, I select what I want to see instead of just sitting there like a veggie and then being pumped up by this whole thing because it's designed to pull you down in a veggie state. 
that is where they do it. And I've, I have a friend who's a hypnospecialist, and it's very, very interesting to speak to him because he describes, for instance, uh, like uh, the, the news, very often there's a countdown. You have a, a circular, um, a cer no, not a circular, a sphere, a sphere that is cir uh, circling around. This is exactly like when you do a hypno session, you have something rotating in front of the eyes and you say, you're feeling sleepy, and then it's a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Then they got the color coding. Red is when it goes emotional or dangerous. Blue is when you're supposed to think that, oh, they're very serious, they're very sincere, and so on. And then at the bottom, it's so it's five, four, three, two, boom, and da -da 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 -da, the jingle, and here is BBC News, boom. And then they start speaking, and nowadays you got this NASTAG uh, thing going down at the bottom of the screen. These numbers and things that nobody really understands what's going on are going uh, underneath on a, on a horizontal uh, manner. They're just moving around like text tickers. These ones are there to get your, mo your eyes into a specific movement sideways, which brings you down, your brain waves down to a certain uh, uh, state where you go from, I can't remember if it's alpha, beta, whatever type of brain waves, you go into this veggie state. And then once it's there, welcome and today's headlines are, you're already in the veggie state. And then that's when they start banging it into your head. And they use trigger words like uh, terror and shooting, active shooter, Muslim, Islam. They weaponize these words so that once you're down there, sitting in the sofa like, oh my God, I've had a long day at work and I'm really working my butt off just to be able to breathe, like you said. And then that's the time they can reach you. In the veggie state, they just start hammering it in, you know, just like at a baseball game and boom, into your head and boom, into your head and boom, into your head without you even knowing it. And that is how they keep you fearful. It's by design. All of this, at this point, it's gone. we've let it go so far that what more or less whatever we're looking at is like a full spectrum, not war, but manipulation. They're, they're trying to get through us from all different uh, angles and layers. And it then when they have us in that control system, that's when we don't see or react against chemtrails or fluor fluoride uh, water or vaccines. We're just too tired. And many people say, but why do they do it? I mean, they've got so much money already. Why, why do, how much money do they need? It's not the money. This game is not about money. It's about debt. It is through debt that they control you. This is a control game. And so it's the debt that they're trying to get you to enslave you. And the word mortgage, by the way, it's a French word, and it means death cage, death cage, mortage. That is what the, the word mortgage means. And the word government means government control the mind, mind control. Or in Scandinavian words, um, languages, regering means the rulers. In, in Dutch, I think it is, and German as well, it's überheit, that means sort of, the rulers, the overclass of you. So it's right in your face. And still we believe that, well, the government will save me. No, they will not, because that's not their, why they're there. They're there to control us. We think, yeah, but I pay them their, more, their, uh, their wages. Well, you pay for your own slavery. 
and then you expect your rulers to say, oh, we're bad, we will leave you alone. They will not. We need to take the power back and make the change ourselves. Well said, Oli. I just thought Stockholm syndrome, as you were saying that, you know, that. So I read a little bit about that Stockholm syndrome where they were they were protecting their <laughs> their masters, their enslavers. I just uh, flicked you. Yeah, I, I write quite a bit. You, yeah, one of the books I've written. It's, I, I said they actually possess us. Really, it's a possession, like in uh, like a de demonic possession. They uh, uh, they possess you uh, physically because of everything you need physically. They possess you psychically and they possess you mentally. And like you said about the news, it's going beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 and then on it comes. It, it's, Ollie, it's incredible. I just made a couple of jots and notes down here. I remember when I was writing my book and um, I looked out, talking about full enslavement, you know, and we, we, we were enslaved really early when we were young. We leave school, we go to college, and I was thinking, I was writing a, writing a, a chapter on college about the, the slavery of college. I think it was called the, 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 the um, student debt trap or something. And I was thinking about they trap them, and I was looking out the window of my bedroom that night when I was doing the chapter, and I saw the spider's web over a, over a street lamp, and I thought, my God, all the flies were hurling themselves at this web to get to the light. The spider's there, cocooning them, and 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 I thought, my God, that's it. That what an analogy. And I thought, great. So that's what the the light is: the job, um, the future, the success, the money, you know. And the, 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 the web is the student loan, you know, and they've got to go into that web, the student loan, to get to the lights beyond. And there's the spider. And I said in the chapter that the spider's less cruel than the government. At least the spider cocoons you and eats you in two weeks. The, the, this system cocoons you with this student loan and, and feeds off your energy for life, you know. But I was just jotting a few more things down here about what you were saying, you know. It's like you, all the billions you said of us and the few of them are great. I loved you when you said that. And it's like the Wizard of Oz. People have used that analogy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, the curtain comes back and here's this, you know, here's this little asshole there, you know, and speaking on this loudspeaker terrifying everybody, you know. And what, what I also wanted to say, which, which, which struck me when you were speaking, I, I was writing about it earlier on, in fact, and speaking about it, um, is that humans have got a tremendous, tremendous threshold, Ollie, um, for pain and boredom and um, in fact it's an amazing asset in humans that we can endure such pain almost endure such torture without complaining you know I think it was Eckhart Tolle said um, uh, I found such peace that you could tie me to a speaker in a nightclub and I could still be okay he said but if I could leave I would right so on that on that basis from what you said yes so I want to ask you this question as well, because people will be saying, I'm just preempting what people will say. Um, yes, we've got such an endurance for pain, but that's not serving us anymore. You know, we're just doing it moronically and we're just like breaking rocks, you know, in a prison really. And people are brilliant at enduring that, but it's time now for people to, to do something and stop. And on that, on that um, subject of stop, of course, they become our mums and dads. We are really, we're orphans. We're given over to schools when we're kids. And we've, we become, you know, subservient to authority. And, and we're scared to question that. We might get told off and be naughty little girls and boys, as Gerald Salente says, you know. Um, and, but, but, but I think with, with that thing, Ollie, of, um, you know, what do we do? Because the gentleman I spoke to in the shop, uh, he'd be listening to this now. Uh, he was saying, people must just stop, you know just stop it and I said yeah you're right because 
uh, first, two things. Firstly, if you uh, that the power we possess is tremendous. I gave an analogy, uh, an example of I was on a train once, and everyone made a petition they wouldn't put another carriage on for people to sit down because it would cost the company more money. If everyone said that's it, we're done. We won't come on your coach unless you do it. They would have done it, but they said no. So people have forgotten their power, their tremendous power. My God. You know, we're magicians with amnesia. There's no doubt about it. And if we could harness and tap back into that power, uh, uh, transcending the fear, as you said, then, my goodness, we'd soon... And I believe that the governments and the control system now is, like you said, terrified because they're starting to realize that they do everything they can to dull consciousness and to, to stop people waking up, if you like. But that's changing now. There's a huge mass awakening, a huge mass awakening. And so back to what we said in the shop earlier on, to get your handle on this, uh, you've probably said it almost anyway, but he said if everyone stopped, I said, well, the thing is everyone's scared to stop because they know if they stopped dead, ultimately they can starve you out because they've, they've made everyone so so um, reliant on them for food, warmth, and shelter. If you make people reliant on you for food, warmth, and shelter, you've got them, you know? So everyone says, right, I'm going to stop. Then I think people know that they'll just be like, okay, don't go to work then, we'll starve you out. So w w what's your thoughts on that? You know, because a lot of people I've, I've, I've met have said, look, we just got to stop and say, we're not doing this anymore. Um, you know, and, 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 and that then something else will build you know what i'm trying to say i think you almost said it you know it's like we we can then learn how to restructure the the system you know Ollie. What, what do you think about that and then I was, i'm going to ask you about a bit about this, what's happening here in england i'm confused when it comes to solutions i mm -hmm. i don't know on a bigger scale i know that the way i interpret the way the universe this matrix is set up it's like the evil needs to ask and we need to give permission for the evil to occur. Mm. That, as far as I know, that is the way it's set up. You can listen to many old uh, fairy tales and stories and Walt Disney movies. Uh, it's like the wolf needs to knock on the door for the piglets and the, the uh, piglets needs to open the door for him to be able to enter instead of him just smashing the door in and eat them raw. Yeah, and I think if, when you see here, it's the same with uh, how they, uh, the, these forces behind so many of these force flag uh, attacks that I've exposed hundreds of, that they even leave clues about the upcoming, the next upcoming attack. They leave it in the forensic evidence for us to see, but hopefully not react against. And I was contacted uh, in the fall of 2014 by an insider. I still don't know who it was. And he said to me, you're doing a great job exposing these false facts, but you're missing out on the clues. And I was like, what? what? I didn't get it. I did not understand what he was saying. He said they hide clues in the forensic evidence about the next upcoming attack. And I said, but why on earth would they do such a stupid thing? And he said, it's based on the law of karma. They fear the law of karma because they make so much mayhem and so much horror around them. And the way they interpret this law is that if they tell us, even in subtle ways, and we do not react, then the bad karma is on our shoulders, not theirs. And even if they manage to pull it off, even though they told us, they even gained good karma. So it's in their interest to show us what they're up to. So this is why ever since then, I've focused on finding these hidden clues. And up to date, I've stopped or exposed the... Uh, 
I think it's 15 now on international radio up to two months before they actually happen, these terror events and false flag shootings. And I know that I personally stopped at least two of them. So they, they need to tell us what they're going to do. This is also why the politicians stand up and say, tomorrow we're going to bomb Baghdad. Mm. They say it and then it's up to us re to react, but we don't. Mm. And then they do it. And then we say, how could they do it? Well, we had a, an opportunity between when they said it and they did it. This is the gap where we can really make a change because the, I don't think that the, that the solution is that you stay home from work. If you're only one person, that will do nothing. It will just destroy your own life. It will make you lose your apartment or whatever and your job. But it's when, when more and more people, that's where the power comes from, when multitudes of individuals do the same thing. But you cannot wait for a thousand people to react. You, you can see beautiful examples, the Yellow Vests in France that are now doing a whole lot more than you see in mainstream media, that are really seems like they're making a change in France. But so what can you do? You can only change yourself. It's only you that you can change. So how do you do that? Well, it takes courage. I'm sorry to say there's no way around it. There's no safety net. Yeah, but what happened if I stand up? Well, you just have to find out. There is no way around it. But the, the thing, the beauty of it all is that what we, we all live in our own comfort zone where the ego uh, is comfortable, our ego is comfortable. Wherever that is, if you've been beaten your whole life, then your comfort zone will involve being beaten up. It just knows that you can survive this one, but it's afraid of whatever else is outside. Normal people don't have that. They have whatever their comfort zone is. And your ego that we've let loose and given so much power, when you start saying, well, I'm going to sing cher uh, karaoke, maybe if that is what you absolutely feared, when you start getting closer to the stage, there will be a voice saying, if you do that, you will die. It will do everything it can to throw mental bombs at you and you, we will shoot, we will, we will, you know, whatever to scare you off. And if you back down, well, you're back into your comfort zone, the size it is. But if you continue and just say, well, I want to sing, I want to sing, then what happens is suddenly your whole comfort zone expands and you have this incredible sense of freedom and you feel ah, you can breathe and not only does it affect whatever area, for instance, if they were singing you were scared of, but it affects your whole life where you start moving more freely in a bigger circle. Like for instance, not many years ago, I was terrified of speaking in front of people. I mean, <laughs> shaking, crying. And now I've been to 15 countries, I think, and done 500 to 1,000 interviews. I mean, and I even enjoy it. From shaking, scare. I mean, I was a wreck. I avoided birthday parties. <laughs> I was, I was so afraid of, of funerals. Just thinking they might want to me to say something, you know. And what happened? The thing I was mostly afraid of was the thing that has gained the most in my life. And it is so with so many of us. The thing that we're most afraid of is the door out. But that door is they, they put a big sign on. So if you enter through this door, you will die. Well, it's only a sign and you will not. You will free yourself. So meet your fears, uh, free your mind. Like they say, the rest will follow. 
it, the battle is up here. Because if you look out the window, I do not think that you will see armed soldiers out there or tanks or big piles of dead bodies from Ebola virus or Zika, whatever crap they're trying to persuade us, is out there. It's not for most of us. Most of us do not live in a war zone. We do not live in a situation where we should be shaking a fear. But they are trying to tell us, yeah, the world is a horrible place. It's so full of terrorism and bombs and knife stabbings and mass shootings. I mean, you can't even get go outside your door. You will be raped and so on. Well, you will not. I, I normally go to these places that are no-go zones for police and stuff. I just meet wonderful people. Antifa was outside where I was giving a talk. There were smoke bombs and, I don't know, flags. I just met beautiful people, but with masks. You know, the thing is, the mindset, how you deal with this whole thing. I, I go everywhere with the intention of meeting beautiful people, wonderful people. Some of them have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Some of them very violent and uh, damaged but still, this beautiful individual is in there somewhere, and it's a matter of finding it. And the way into the soul of this individual is by fearlessness, non-judgment, and love in your mind when you, when you face this person. And then sometimes you can crack through it, and then at that time, absolute beauty explodes. It, it is so amazing what happens when you meet violent people, that are there to dominate you, but with absolute compassion and love and no judgment. That is, uh, and this is one of the, the big kicks and thrills I get out of this because I meet so many incredible individuals all over the place. Oh, well, you do. You exude, um, you exude beauty, um, Ollie, and it shines <laughs> through you. And I'm really glad you said that about you. Were it used to be terrified. <laughs> Because I, I had exactly the same thing, Ollie. I, 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 I remember I started doing art classes to get over it, you know, because I'm an artist, so I was teaching art. And the first group that came in, it, well, you know that panic attack feeling, it's like you're going to throw up, your bowels want to empty. I mean, this is crazy shit. This is crazy stuff, you know. Your bowels want to empty, you want everything needs to come out, you know, because you're under going to be attacked. And I think there's such a fear in people that um, if you say anything, you'll have your head chopped off. And I think that there's, that's, that's quite, a, um, that's quite a, a valid fear because many years ago, I think we've got this intrinsic feeling that if you dare step out of line or if you don't make the king happy or if you say anything, you'll have your head chopped off. And actually, it was true. And, and I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Um, and I'm actually hosting um, an event now here in this town soon because people have been coming in and people have been... One lady was an author. She said, I'm terrified of speaking. And I said, right, that's it. We're doing an event, you know. And I'm going to host an event. And I'm, I, you know, I remember once I gave a talk in front of a school and I, I had a panic attack. The cameras were there and everything. And I went in the toilet and I was on the floor of this smelly toilet praying, please, God, help me, help me. And some guy walked in, you know, and it's like, I, it was horrific. So I got over it. And now I love speaking about truth and, and, and about confidence and about that we're magicians with amnesia. And, you know, I did a talk recently about who are we really? I didn't talk about who are we really, really. I said, who aren't we really? And we just stripped away the layers and the labels, which brings us closer to who we are really, you know. But yeah, um, it's brilliant. Um, and now I organize conferences so I can speak, you know. 
<laughs> I do the show, can I? So I can speak. That's why I say it's not an interview because I want to speak as well. This is we're all contributing to this wonderful shuffle, and it's about taking back that power as well, and and you know, and, and not handing it over all the time to the next politician, priest, pope, president. We're, we're just always handing our power over. Please help me. Tell me what to do. You know, I'm helpless. I've been rendered virtually helpless, and I've got to. I can't be with you, um, Ollie, without asking you, um, what you think about. Let's say, for instance, what's going on in here in England, you know, all the, all, it seems like the government's breaking down because you're, you're, you're a false flag expert. You, 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 you're a brilliant person, obviously, at picking things to bits and finding the nitty gritty of it. OK, we, I sort of talk about that. There's a bit of a show, whoever you vote for, it's the same blooming mask, you know, on, 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 on a different mask on the same face. And it's pathetic, really. We just keep going from side to side, Labour Conservative, Labour Conservative, you know, right, left, Democrat, Republican. It's pathetic, really, you know. And um, I, I was going to ask you, what do you think about, you know, like in England now, they're all squabbling in each party. It seems to be falling apart. No one trusts Corbyn, no one trusts May. Farage has stepped, stepped up now and thought, well, what an amazing time to build a Brexit party, you know. And um, people are ju jumping on board that and some some other people. It looks like it's got a bit of meat and I think they could probably get in if there was an election, I would say. A bit of a wild card like Trump. So what do you think of these people like uh, Farage, May, what do you think about Trump? I, I, I need to ask you what, while you're here. Is, he, is there so much dirt on him that he can't drain the swamp? Does he not want to drain the swamp? What's your thoughts on that, Ollie? I've got to ask you while you're here. Okay, so when it comes to politics, uh, I cannot say how much I'm not interested in it. Because for me, it's only a theater play by mostly corrupt people that mm. would not have come to that level had they not corrupted themselves. Mm. And uh, I have that from insiders as well. So if you get up there, you're already corrupt, meaning it doesn't matter. Uh, and also the political s system, it's set up the same way in most countries. you got a left, you got a right, and you got like three, four different alternatives in the, in the middle. For anyone who's not in, well, I'm not that much to the left, so I'm somewhere in the middle, and I'm in the center, and I'm in. Well, the thing is, it's just like a hand. Uh, they select which finger you can choose from, but it's still the same hand that is connected to the same body. And this is the reason why nothing changed for the better, because it's a whole, the whole system is rigged. And so I, a friend of mine was asked if he voted, and he said, no, I, do not, or, uh, I don't support organized crime. And I think that is a brilliant uh, take on it. So brilliant. if you ask me about these different politicians, I have absolutely no idea. I do not spend five minutes even following it. I do not listen to what they say, because why bother? I mean, 90% of the time it turns out that they're not being truthful. So I focus on doing uh, different areas where I hope I can make a difference. I do track down, though, uh, people that are part of the Bilderberg Group, the Trilateral Commission, the Council on Foreign Relations, and so on, because I know these are direct traders. If they're in these organizations, they cannot be trusted. And most of the prime ministers around the world are in it, in the Western world, at least, and so on. So these people, well, try them for treason instead of voting on them, voting for them. You ask me about Trump, I have not followed him whatsoever. Uh, have I ever trusted a politician on that level? The answer is absolutely no. And so how come that he got up there? I mean, he was up there against uh, Hillary, I mean Hitlery, I mean Hillary, <laughs> uh, but, uh, and that would have been like swallowing a shotgun. I mean, 
if you want to see a human monster, Hillary's one. It, it, when you look at her background, her and her lovely husband, Bill, their, their footprints are covered in blood. There's a body bag, uh, a list of body bags that have gone, followed them through their careers that is endless. So many people have died mysteriously around these two. And dear Bill came like a drug dealer, uh, a governor in Arkansas, where he, together with Bush Sr., started the whole crack epitome. That was uh, where it was imported to, especially Mena, Arkansas, where, um, where Bill and Bush Sr. personally sometimes were there receiving the drugs. And then uh, Bill, together with his uh, uh, partner in crime, Dan Lasseter, was part of setting up the whole distribution line into di totally destroying the U.S. from the inside. Anyway, so do I trust politicians? No, absolutely not. So Trump, I believe that Trump is like a joker. He is like a diversion. That is my impression. He says outrageous things. He has a hairdo that can make anyone go, you know, like feel that they are half drunk. Uh, his uh, <laughs> his way, <laughs> the way he does with his hands, the things he says, the twitters he's pumping out, the wall he wants to build and get Mexico to pay for, all all of that is outrageous. Why? to divert our attention. Look at the Joker, What's he, what is he up to now? Have you heard the latest Twitter he did? Have you done this, have you seen that? So everybody's focused on him instead of seeing what is going on. And at this, this point in time, the world is going down if we don't do anything about it. They are really ramping it up in a massive way. And the, so many of these uh, alleged terror attacks and fires and uh, waves of stabbings or mass shootings, all of it is coordinated. Mass immigration, uh, the the chemtrails, the vaccines, the big pharma, Monsanto, the whole shebang is part of the same octopus. One head, multiple tentacles going in all of the, the important areas of life. And where the main focus is to get into your head. So they focus on media, books, films, music, that's, that is some of the major entrances into your head and how they can manipulate you and infiltrate you. So when it comes to Trump, if he was who he said, I'm going to empty the swamp or whatever it is he said, well, I would suggest start day one, release all the documents from the JFK assassination. I mean, not just 2000. I mean, whatever is left there, give me one reason after 50 years and more that there's anything that should be top secret and kept away from the population. If you have nothing to hide, there would be nothing. You would just give it up and say, here it is, all of it, please have a look at it. But that's not what we see. Then there's this whole long line of false flag operations that are going uh, on a global tour. I call them the global tour of terror. It's a mobile unit being flown from country to country, performing just like a rock band on tour. But here we're seeing terror acts that are so many of them are staged only there to be able to pump fear porn out through media. That is the aim of it. And so, I mean, if I, who's just a one man band, come on, if I can figure it out, somebody in a position as a president of the so-called strongest or most powerful nation on the world, with all the military advisors, with all of these experts and so they would, I mean, they could have Put, pull this thing apart wherever it takes, uh, uh, wherever it occurs. They could do it while drinking coffee and picking their nose, but they're not. Instead, we see Trump 
oh, we stand here, we are in sympathy for the people of, of Sri Lanka. Oh, we stand here in the sympathy of people in, in New Zealand. The thing is, the, there is a coordinated, coordinated attack on especially the Western world at the time. And it's, so all of these alleged terror attacks are NATO countries. These are NATO operations. They are not Muslim terrorists. I have been on location on more or less all of these places trying to find out the real truth. And I never encountered a real Muslim terrorist. What I have encountered is the CIA, the Mossad, sometimes MI6, and with uh, assets being used from the Gladio Hidden Network or uh, private contractors like Blackwater or Kraft International, these type of things. They are the ones doing it to us. And the thing, Jason, it's all based on the same, the same, the same. So if we go back in time, the Roman Empire, for instance, which is a really good place to start because this is where these uh, psychological operations were developed, I would suggest. Because uh, in those days, we had a small little group of people walking around in sheets with some kind of plant on their head uh, saying, we want to rule the world. So how, how do you do that if you're a handful of people like the elite nowadays, how can you control the billions? They figured it out. It's through psyops, psychological operations. That's the only way you can do it. And how? By keeping the, the, the population either divert their attention away, like with the Gladio uh, things in, in, uh, uh, in Colosseum that diverted the attention away for it, or divide and conquer, you make people hate each other so they don't see where the real enemy is, or problem reaction solution. Uh, this old template I'm sure we've gone through many times, but where they, the few in power, secretly create a problem, a, a bomb, a terror attack, a mass shooting, a virus scare, a financial crash, uh, something like that at this time. That, the reason why the few in power secretly do that is to get an emotional reaction from us. The reaction they want is an absolute outcry of panic saying, oh my God, we need protection, we need protection. And so we turn towards the people we think are there to protect us, not understanding that it's actually them who have created the problem, problem, reaction, solution. And boom, there you have it. And the solution every single time is the same. More and more control, CCTV cameras, Robocops in the street, martial law, uh, giving up your rights, giving up your freedoms while paying for your slavery and so on. That is the solution they keep uh, doing. And give up your weapons. Now in the UK, give up your knives. There's this whole wave, both in England, Norway, Sweden, about knife murders. At least they say all of these killings. And it's more or less all from minorities, that these people that are said to have been killed. I doubt a lot of these ones. And the whole thing is to stop and search. That is what they want in these countries, that the police should be given the right to stop anyone at any time and search them. This is just one more stepping stone in this whole global tyranny that we are heading towards. Well, so... I, yeah. I was just going to say, uh, Ollie, sorry, I, I spoke, I had a great gentleman on my show last night, um, uh, Dr. Graham Downing, who I did a conference here with about 5G. He came down. Uh, oh, 5G is one of the biggest things for me. But um, I was going to, um, uh, what was I going to ask you something? What was it now? Oh, yeah. Um, the, uh, but like you say, stop and search. The mandatory vaccination we were talking about last night with, with Dr. Graham Downing, you know, about measles, measles and everything. And he, I, I, I urge everyone to look at that show. It's the one before this one. Last night I put it up. And he goes right through it with a slideshow. 
uh, about the fear and he also talks about he's a doctor he talk, gives numbers about how many people have got measles blah 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 and he goes on and on and on about it it's about that control everyone vac- vaccinated uh, in New York is starting and apparently you, you'll have to have a little ticket on you to say that you've been vaccinated again even if you're an older person like 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 myself you know um, more rubbish being pumped into you 5G ultimately the microchip and what they do with 5G and these technologies is they generally cut off any way of escape so if you don't have um, a microchip or if you don't have 5G then you can't pro- broadcast a show or you can't do your banking or you can't <laughs> you can't feed yourself you can't you can't use money or anything now, I wanted to ask you uh, uh, before we round it off, um, Ollie, uh, I got to ask you about this because the Notre Dame um, thing, you know, um, I just wondered if you could just give an opinion on it because um, I, I know you probably have looked into it. Um, I was listening to Leo Zagami, who's a regular guest on this show. Well, not, not always, but he comes on sometimes. And um, he was saying this all just a push towards um, one world's um, uh, religion, like I think he calls it, instead of Christianity or Islam, Chrislam. Yeah, so I, I don't know enough about it, but I just wondered if you thought that Nostradamus, uh, if you if you got an idea who set that place up in smoke. It is. Uh, or is it an accident? I don't know. Absolutely not an accident. Absolutely, okay. I can guarantee you. Welcome to chop off my right arm if this was an accident. Absolutely not. It is part of this global tour of terror. And uh, one of the one of the goals for the world elite uh, is a one world fascist state, a one world army that is there to control us, not to uh, to defend us. A one world digital currency. It just goes on and on. It's a one world all the time, a digital that they can control, and a one world religion. They want to dissolve the religions. They want to dissolve the nations. They want to dissolve the genders. They want to dissolve the families. They want to dissolve anything that is good they want to dissolve and the one world religion this is what we see now it's really pumping up now this is what they're aiming at at this point so you have for instance uh, these operations i said nato countries but it's also it's not only nato countries there's also a spy license spy liaison that is called five eyes that was created at the same time as nato which was in the uh, late uh, 1940s and these, these five eyes, it was uh, England, U- USA, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. But there's also nine eyes and 14 eyes and 41 eyes, meaning different nations and uh, secret co- coalitions that we are not aware of, where they've got a free exchange of, of information and intelligence uh, information about us and whatever. So when you see these things happening, you have to see it from a global point of view where countries are just like franchises. The, the elite do not see the world in separated in different nations. They do couldn't care less about nations. They see it just as as pieces on a on a chessboard. So uh, this is also why when I predicted these fifteen things that I predicted, I have gone from the U.S. predicted the Melbourne car attack. In the Melbourne car attack, I found the clues for the Westminster Bridge attack that I predicted one month before it happened, the exact location. The Westminster Bridge attack took us to Stockholm, the Stockholm took us to Brussels, the Brussels one took us to Paris, the Paris one took us back to Brussels, and so on. It goes around and around. And so I think predicting 15 correctly, that's a pretty good track record. And so it seems like I'm onto something. I would strongly suggest that. And it's it's come to a point where actually my, my last name, Damagard, has been 
turn into a verb. You can you can Google demagoguing. I'm not the one who turned it into a verb, but th- to demagogue is to find the hidden clues about the next upcoming event. Wow. So you go to New Zealand, and so what was what happened in, in New Zealand? Well, there were Muslims in a mosque that was killed by a white guy in Christ Church. Can you hear just in the in the headlines? Christ Church Muslim shooting or mosque shooting. Right there, you have the clashes between the two religions. When when uh, this alleged uh, Stockholm truck attack happened, there was this. Uh, it was almost like a mantra in media, where it was like 14.53, saying that the terror attack happened in 14.53. But everybody was repeating 14.53, and I was like, why? Why is that important? Why don't you say? just before three o'clock the attack happened or, or five to three why 1453 so i looked into these numbers and it turned out that the year 1453 was when the big clashes between islam and christianity was taking part the the major ones so you have Christchurch there then you go to the next one notre dame here we have the catholic church and the vatican who's been having a lot of incoming fire due to a lot of criticism because of pedophilia and arms trading and whatever kind of crap that the Vatican is one of the centers. The world in the elite, the way they uh, organize the world, you've got three centers. The religious center in the Vatican, the financial in the old city of London, and the war center in Washington, D.C. And then in between these three centers, you have this whole thing where everything is circulating. Anything from organ trafficking to uh, prostitute to human trafficking, arms, oils, minerals, you name it, it's in there. So how do you make, if you are receiving a lot of criticism, how can you turn it around? We're back to the PSYOP. If you attack yourself, then you become the victim and people will feel, oh, isn't that, isn't that horrible? I'd, I think this is one of the reasons why they targeted Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame is an 800-year-old church that has survived the French Revolution's two world wars, bombings, all kinds of weird stuff without a fire. And when we check the uh, insurance policies for that church, the level of fire security is super high, super high. And so what was burning in the church, there's nothing there to burn because the whole thing is built out of of, uh, stones, rocks, except way up there, the the ceilings, the roofs are are flammable and uh, the old oak underneath the structures under the roof is flammable. But old oak that is 800 years old I've had people uh, experts trying to put it on fire you cannot it's so rock hard it will whatever even if you do you drench it in in gasoline or different kinds of uh, uh, things to get it uh, the fire going it will not it was so hard to get to to flame then all of the the important things the valuables were evacuated four days before the fire then you had the whole scaffolding around the area that where the fire started. They even had drills. Drills are standard when these operations t- take off. They had drills, but security drills, where they were not allowed to bring up any electrical equip- equipment there because of the fire hazard. And yet, suddenly, there was this fire, and it started in multiple places at the same time. So you check out the color of the flames. Here we have old oak, 800 years old, 
uh, and you look at the color of the flames, the color of the flames are very, very bright, meaning a very, very high temperature. And the amount of smoke was like 9-11. It's very similar. It's even so that the algorithms in, in Google, when you do Google searches, they blocked some of the images of, of the Notre Dame because they said, no, this is 9-11. Then in media, uh, BBC and other mainstream media, they were talking about the Twin Towers of France right away. What is that? It's a PSYOP reminding you of 9-11. The Twin Towers, they kept repeating it, the Twin Towers, and then w when you see where the fire started and how it started, nobody really knows how it started, even though there were three, something was flying over Notre Dame, there were three different uh, flying objects, I don't know what it was, could be drones, uh, with the laser weapons just like the California fires, <coughs> directed energy weapons, I do not know what started it. But now you have, uh, there's all of this with the, the, <coughs> the roof caved in and you have the, these pictures from above where the roofs are in a cross and where the spire was, the spire was not ancient, it was just like a hundred years old and made of wood, so that was where the fire really took off. <coughs> where the new uh, plans that are already made, as far as I know, architect plans, they will uh, <coughs> replace the spire with an obelisk. Can you believe it? <coughs> an obelisk, wow. Also, you have, there's a whole setup of photos that are part of the PSYOP. One of them is, there's this man, you can see the, the, the church burning in the background. Uh, like several hundred meters away. No phot photographers were allowed close. There were no helicopters that uh, water bombed the church. There was no, did you see any fire brigade? They said there were 400 firefighters there. Did you see anyone really trying to turn the fire out? I don't think so. I did not see it at all. The water was coming up sort of like one third up on the building, not up where the fire was. So the only way they would have been able to, to deal with it was through helicopters or whatever and drop water from the top. But this was, it couldn't burn the way it burned. And then the, one of the photos I'm referring to is like, there's this guy standing with his uh, hands on his head and he, it's in this uh, sort of like, uh, when you surrender, when you put your hands on your head, when somebody aims a gun at you, it's exactly like that. But he's standing as a silhouette uh, from behind but when you look from behind and the silhouette, you will see it's an eye. His hands and the way the form and then the head is the eye itself inside the eye. So you have, there's a lot of Freemasonic symbolism in the photos that have been released. Mm. Then Michael Obama just happened to be on the Seine having dinner right in front of the whole thing uh, with a photo shoot where you can see the reflection of the, the fire in his wine glass. So, if you ask me, the official story, absolutely, absolutely 100% a lie. How, how it happened, I don't know. But I would very much like to point out that Big Ben is also covered in scaffolding, very similar to the Notre Dame uh, church. And when the first news um, uh, started coming out from this event, they had like a, uh, like a split screen where half of the, uh, the screen was Big Ben and um, uh, Westminster Abbey 
in scaffolding. And then the, the other half of the screen was the burning Notre Dame church. So I tell you, I would very much like to point towards Big Ben and uh, uh, this area for a possible upcoming attack. That and the Giza pyramids, I'm going to come back to why I'm saying that. Well, then, w then we go to Sri Lanka, which is also uh, part of this spy uh, license, but it's under India. Uh, this Sri Lanka is an island right south of India. It's actually the only thing in between India and Australia. And Australia is very much involved in this as well. So there were drills in Sri Lanka, anti-terrorist drills, as there always are, right before these things happen. When you look at the destruction of these buildings, they are said to have been hit by, uh, you know, explosives, that they've been blown up. But look at the forensic evidence inside the churches, inside the hotels. That is not the way it looks when a bomb explodes. When a bomb explodes, you have an epicenter, and then uh, from that, that's the center of the explosion, and everything would be thrown out uh, equally in all 360 degrees, 3D, up, down, wherever. Here, we don't see any damages like that at all on the walls, on the furniture, on the benches from inside the church. But what we see is that there's a lot of the, ch of the church uh, ceiling missing, and the benches seem to have been thrown around in the air and just upside down. That is what we see. We see a lot of glass out in the streets from the hotels where that was uh, hit as well. They were very close to each other. And the glass had been, it's like there's one photo where uh, you can see the glass had been like pulled out of the building. And it's, um, it almost looks like carpets are hanging on the outside uh, to dry on the railing outside. But these are the windows. So if you compare that to what happened at the government building in Oslo that was blown up some years ago, just before the mass shooting on Utøya, what happened there was ex very, very similar to this thing, but it was not an explosion, what we were being told. Uh, we were being told that it was like a more or less a copycat of what happened or said to have happened in Oklahoma City. But here, what we are looking at, and I've been speaking to Chip Tatum, the CIA whistleblower, and other people, weapon experts, they say it was an implosion. It was an implosion that happened where the whole area was sucked up, where the, the government building in Norway was sucked up and lifted from the ground and then dropped down. And I would say this is exactly the same we see here. For instance, in Norway, you could see that instead of the glass being blown inside the buildings away from the bomb it is sucked out there's so much glass in the streets that have been sucked out and chip tatum said it is very easy with these uh, uh, highly advanced weapons that we and normal people are not aware of uh, what they do is they mark the targeted area with markers and these are often transported in suitcases or briefcases so you only need like five or six up to eight uh, suitcases or markers around whatever area you want this this uh, whole thing to happen and then they will direct when you when you let loose this uh, implosion weapon these are the ones that more or less with the laser light like uh, precision can suck the building up and let it down and i think this is what we see in sri lanka and also the lack of bodies we told that say there are hundreds of victims i've seen four and then the shoes are always there. I think we talked about the shoes before.
Well, thank you very much, Ollie. If there's a lot of noise, it sounds like there's a riot outside my studio here. I don't know what's going on. I'm scared to open the window. But um, oh, thanks, Ollie. Fantastic. I'm glad I asked you about that because um, I-, I wanted to get your opinion on that, and that was great, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no doubt we are in a mental asylum, which has become normal. There's no doubt about it. Thank goodness for people like Ollie Damagard who's, um, who's um, looking into these things. You know, I just just before we go, I just want to say it's getting crazier, you know. Uh, mixed toilets, you know. I, the, um, someone I know here, a lady, her, her little boy came home from school crying the other day. He said, we've been telling us about uh, trans, trans in school, transgenders, and, and I don't want to have my willy chopped off, you know. It's like, honestly, madness is becoming normal. I know, I want to cover myself here, Ollie, because I know, I know a lot of gay people, uh, friends, uh, lesbian friends. I've got, I've got some lovely people that I know. And as far as trans is concerned, I wouldn't want to be stuck inside a body or a spacesuit, if you like, because we're very spiritual beings, feeling it was the wrong spacesuit. I wouldn't. But The Guardian just on Sunday did a, did a, did a thing on, on a, a, a father gave birth, you know, a man gave birth. A man didn't give birth. It was a lady who had hormone treatment, testosterone, and was growing a beard and everything, um, had had a breast cut off, etc. It wasn't a man giving birth, yeah? It was a woman giving a birth who wants to be a man okay listen we're going through a mad mad torturous time as human beings and, and then you've got the trans trans i'm not knocking the trans i just want to make a point here that it's not it's not it's not real it's it's someone wants to be a feels like they want to be a man they can have bits chopped off the men now are having their bits chopped off and and doing hormones and becoming women and they're they're entering then to prove they're a woman, they're entering judo competitions and cycling competitions and winning. Of course they are. <laughs> God, listen, <clears throat> let, 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 you know, it's, it's getting too mad, okay? And we've just got to see Madison's Madison. Oh, I just want to just say to everybody, I've got on David Ike's on the show next week, uh, next month, and um, I just want to put a shout out to David. Um, I, I really like David, and he, he's done his new film, Renegade. Uh, which is going to be very good. I, I, I mean, we're going to be talking about it on the show, you know. Uh, so thanks, David, for all your great word. Because it's made it easier for myself and Ollie and all the other people who are speaking the truth now. And Ollie talks about, you know, uh, you know, the create a problem, you know, then give them a solution. You know, so we're in great, amazing times. And I just want to say to people, you know, don't die inside yourselves like that baby chick in the egg. Um, you know, use that pain to actually blossom yourself and, 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 and actually trigger an awakening in yourself and trigger your real feelings. We're, we're spiritual beings, Ollie, trapped in, in a mental asylum body. And if other beings were looking for another world, they'd be horrified of what's going on here, you know. But um, thanks, Ollie, for, for, for your time and everything. And we'll, we'll round it off. And I just before we do, I just want to get some words of inspiration from you, obviously, although you've given us plenty of inspiration for, for people. Um, to help people who are feeling desperate, like people I get in this shop who are saying, I want to kill myself. I, I feel I'm done here on the planet. It's th- there doesn't seem any hope. It just seems it's getting worse and worse. The trajectory is not looking good with 5G uh, closing in on us um, and, and everything. And, and, you know, what do we do? You, you know, you've given us some solutions in what you said. Um, but just could, can you just you know round a lovely conversation off with some hope for these people who feel hopeless? You know, Th- thanks, Ollie. Well, I would say if anyone should be depressed, I would be the perfect one because I know more dark stuff than anyone else. I know more or less, but I'm not. 
my mind says we're screwed, my heart says this is a nothing. We will just be able to surf this wave just like we did before. So many times they've said it's end game, it's over 2012, the millennium, everything is going on. It's not, it's not, it's not. And a baby that has uh, gone over time, how do you think a baby feels if it's nine months and one week or whatever? It feels trapped, it feels in pain, it wants to get out, it doesn't know how the life would, would even they can't even imagine what life would be on the outside of this stomach. So I would say that is where we are. We are in the birth channel now, and it is violent and it's brutal, and it's the way it should be. We will be released on the other side if we just stick with it and focus on purifying ourselves and taking control of our mind and let go of fear. And then live by example, do everything you can to help. There's so many people out there. If people say, well, I don't know what to do, well, go out and help people. But do it without expecting anything in return. Just spread joy and happiness and this thing that will empower people around you. That, I would say, is the solution. Don't look at the bigger picture. It will tell you it's game over. Look at what you're doing, where you are, and then how much things all of these things you can be grateful for and then fill your heart with gratitude so that you will lift yourself on a frequency where these dark forces cannot reach you because that is what it's all about. I just want to say about David, I've tried, I met him in the mid-90s where, I mean, we were just a handful of people in Stockholm. I'd never heard of him. I mean, he his, I thought his name was David Ick uh, and... Uh, like he said in those days, he couldn't even fill a, a phone booth. But these three hours, it was at the same time when he he released his book, um, uh, "The True and the Truth Shall Set You Free." The three hours I sat there listening to him absolutely blew the lid off my head, and and gave me an understanding of the bigger picture. So I'm forever grateful uh, to him for that. It's the only book I've read about him, but that, my God, it was three pages, then I had to sleep, three pages, I had to sleep, three pages, I had to sleep, because it was just mental overload to see how these things were connected. So I just came back from uh, Mexico and Acapulco, where we were both speakers, and I wanted to thank him there, but I didn't. He, he was so, uh, he kept himself uh, aside, and then when I saw him, there was, he was surrounded by people. Anyway, so if it's okay with you, Jason, um, I would very much like to end with a prayer. Yes, please. I, Fantastic. I hope that I have not been part of spreading fear. If I have, then I failed because fear, if I spread that as well, then I'm just helping these dark ones and that is not my intention. Well, no, you spread in, I, you're spreading hope, Ollie. That's for sure. <laughs> that's wonderful to hear. So anyway, I'm not a religious person uh, because I think religion is so often used as a control mechanism as well. But I am a spiritual being and there's this... Uh, prayer that my Raja Yoga teacher, Nelani Chalaram, uh, sometimes uses, and I absolutely love it, and it goes like this. May the entire universe be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May everyone, and especially the ones who hurt us, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May the light of truth overcome all darkness, so victory to that light. Wow. Thank you so much, Ollie. Thank you so much indeed for, for your love and your light and your your truth and your courage to, to be there carrying the torch forward for, for, to light the way for people 
coming behind and, and giving other people courage to, to be who they are. And thank you, Ollie, for, for being you. I really appreciate you and um, I love you very much. And th thanks for all your great work. Thank you so much. Jason, can I just put the one thing in uh, also? Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just uh, two minutes here. Uh, I've been traveling around, I've been to 15 countries now, and I just felt that there's always this problem about how to rent uh, somewhere to be, how to gather enough people to make it, uh, you know, to pay for uh, airplane tickets and whatever. And it's always a big hassle. And then sometimes when I arrive, the technical things doesn't work, the microphones are not there, you know, it's just not so well organized sometimes. So I came up with this idea. Uh, my friend has an RV and uh, we have a projector screen. I've got my laptop, I got my headset, I got my presentations. Uh, he has got a lot of extra chairs, some thermoses and so on. So what we came up with and what we started to do is like a home delivery, Ola's home delivery tour, wow. where I, I've got like a pizza menu. I, I've got a picture, a poster where I have a pizza hat on. And it's like a pizza menu where you can choose topics. So it's everything from JFK to Martin Luther King to false flag this and that. My dad was a spy, all kinds of different topics. Uh, that people can just choose from and then the idea is that we come home to them instead so uh, I'm doing a tour now a Scandinavian one 12-day tour where we do nine uh, talks in 12 days it's Sweden Denmark Norway and so we come home we set the whole thing up the only thing the the person who arranges this have to do is have a big uh, living room I mean that needs to be a minimum of 25 people to make it financially go around to pay for tickets and you know airplane tickets and gas and so on a minimum of 25 uh, and some coffee some sandwiches whatever we we bring everything else so we come there we set the whole thing up in 45 minutes boom I deliver three four five hours whatever I stay there until everybody is set happy and satisfied and most of the time we talk about death and terror and horror and whatever but people beam when they when they leave their sparkling of love and the the way they have found new friends and the whole thing is to empower that is the thing to empower people and just get this feeling of yay baby we you ain't seen nothing yet that type of thing so i just wanted to say that anyone who thinks that this is a good idea in whatever country just please email uh, my tour manager. His name is Johnny, but we call him Johnny Cash because he's always dealing with cash. You know, he does not want <laughs> to go into digital. So it's jc at lightonconspiracies.com. jc at lightonconspiracies, plural, dot com. And say, I've got a place. I'm very willing to do this. We will sleep in the RV. So all of that is taken care of as well to keep the cost down. And let's get it on the road. I mean, I'm ready for whatever. So uh, let's see what we can do. <laughs> You're an amazing man. You are really. So it's jc at lightonconspiracies.com, right? That's it. Johnny Cash. <laughs> oh, man, you're amazing. Listen, thank you so much. And like you said, little by little, um, you know, it's like we're an orchestra of humanity. And, and if each person can do that work on themselves and start shining, then the whole orchestra will change, you know. So it's about that individual transformation, isn't it? Before, you know, before, oh, I've got to show my own book. Hang on, I forgot about me. There's me. Mm. 
the emergency transformation of human beings as the solution to the world's problems problems because the word emergency um is a very interesting word it comes from um uh, the word stoppage in fact um and uh that like in any pregnancy i believe there's a place where the uh, pregnancy stops and the birth begins and i believe mm. that's where we are now do, do you agree ollie yeah and please say thank you to david from me it's so so rare that i get a chance to meet him but uh, i i really would like to thank him for that i, w I will do i'll be sending him this um this file and and, and you know, telling him that we've we've given great thanks to david thanks to david and thanks to all those other tremendous people martin luther king all those wonderful people all all the gandhis of the world and all these people who put their i often think about martin luther king and when i'm lying in bed i think what must he have felt like lying in bed with his windows mm -hmm. being smashed and his fires in his garden and his children uh, in danger my goodness thank you all who have moved on thank you in the spirit world of, for being who you were thank god for people like that and thank god for people mm -hmm. like you ollie so there we go that's ollie damagard thanks ollie for coming on the show thank you jason <laughs> wonderful what a great man ollie damagard an honor to be speaking with him thank you so much ollie for all your great work and lightonconspiracies.com go and go and see ollie's work obviously um spread this great show around of this chat about with ollie and subscribe if you can to my channel i i haven't monetized my channel yet I'm, I, people keep saying monetize monetize perhaps i will one day i need a bit of help with it but for now i'm just here to tell the truth and um, have wonderful people on like ollie damagard and um thank you all for being you be brave don't feel that fear some fear is good you know you want to avoid lions in cages and things like that and don't jump in front of trucks because you can get killed but healthy fear know the difference yeah and fear is paralyzing humanity and it's preventing us blossoming into the most wonderful spiritual beings with tremendous gifts that we've barely sniffed great psychic abilities moving things matter via consciousness you name it wow we're in exciting times but it's time to break out of that egg and really really come home to who we are bless you all thank you so much for listening and i love you all and thank you very much